Yeah. 
upside down My life is spinning round you now All of me, all for you I let my light shine for you Nothing's gonna stop me now Living for you
Yeah, that's weird with how quiet it is when you get up to do other things. Hello at home, everyone. Uh, so coronavirus is keeping everyone quarantined. And I think during that time, it kind of shows us who we uh, are a little bit more than uh, what we do with our daily lives. It kind of shows a different side of us. And as I think we've been going through this, I know I have especially found some, uh, uh, found that I kind of behave differently when I'm not around people as much as I usually am. I work a lot of different jobs. And so there's times where I'm around at least, I counted it up and it's like 65 people a day or something like that. Um, so while we're, while you're kind of doing this time, you know, I, I see these things that say uh, like, you know, maybe this is a God thing. And I, not maybe, I think it is a God thing that, uh, you know, people say all the time, I don't have time for church. I don't have time for praying. I don't have time to read my Bible, whatever. Well, guess what? You have time now uh, to do all those things. All the things you say you can do, but you haven't because you haven't had time or anything like that. You can do that now. Um, something that I think we kind of lose track of is the word faith and not just the word faith, but having faith uh, in our daily lives. And I think that's what prompts the change a little bit. Um, our, most of our, if not all of our belief system is based off of faith. You know, we, even though we can't see God, we know he's there. Uh, the old saying, you know, you can't, I've never seen the wind, but I've seen the effects of the wind. You know, we can't see it, even though we see all of God's blessings all the time. Uh, I'm reading right now from Hebrews 11.1. 1. Uh, now faith is con- now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So even though you're not seeing the typical people you see every day, your coworkers, your friends, your family, even they're still there. We're all still here, and especially now that we live in a world today where we can even not seeing people on a daily basis, face to face, you can see them. You can still be just as in touch with someone across the world as you can with someone down the street. So today while you're at home, you know, maybe even call a friend and do FaceTime or do Facebook Messenger. There's so many ways even available to us where we can use a video conferencing thing where you can see those people face to face. And I know it's not the same, but at least try it. I think it'll help. Uh, so if you have some, uh, if you have some bread and juice or whatever, if you're eating lunch, <laughs> any of that stuff, um, uh, take some time to remember kind of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, that we had faith that he could do that. And we have faith that because of that sacrifice, he's our high priest and, and sacrificing him has, has saved all of us. Has, it, and, you know, because of that, we're able, we have assurance that we'll go to heaven. Uh, so if you have that stuff with you, uh, take a moment to say thanks and uh, partake in that with us here at Real Life. I think we're going to as well here at the table, of course, practicing social distancing and all that good stuff. So uh, please pray with me as, uh, as we get ready to partake in that. Dear Lord, uh, what a hard time to live in right now uh, uh, with people that rely on the social interaction of, of being with each other uh, uh, every Sunday and getting to see everyone's faces and some people that might not have anybody that are just alone in their houses right now. Uh, I pray that you reach out to them and let them know that you are there with them. And, and we're all here too, you know, even though we're separated, we are still one body in the church of Christ. And I hope that we're able to uh, really feel unity, even though that, you know, Hebrews tells us that uh, faith is assurance of what we do not see and that we need to be confident in that. Uh, please just be with the people that need to be with. And, if, and you know, I reach down to these people and us all, even us, 
if we need to call someone or just talk to somebody on a daily, just so that we don't go stir crazy being by ourselves. Um, being by yourself can be a dangerous thing sometimes, but we know that you can help guide us through that darkness. Um, and I, I pray that through this week that people just have the courage to do that. Uh, in your name we pray, amen.
Financially, we're not sure what's going on or what's going to happen in the weeks to come. I want you to know today that real life continues to minister even in these times. Uh, let me give you an example. You're not going to have any frame of reference for this, but uh, right now, as the band has been playing, uh, our tech guys have been working on the audio for the live feed. And so um, even though things are different, we're having some time to really work on and dial in our live stream capabilities. And I hope you're seeing that at live.reallifecc.us or on Facebook Live. Uh, and hopefully the audio quality is better. We put a lot of time and, and energy and effort and even some finances into making that the best that it can be. And so if you're in the room today, um, all we can hear is the cymbals and the vocalists. And it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. It's much different than we're used to. You know, we're also ministering uh, in other ways. We can't be present with each other, but that doesn't mean that we're not still connected. And so um, our kids ministry uh, leader, Amber, is going crazy. She's posting daily lesson videos to our website and to Facebook to, to help you engage your kids and putting activity pages on there. We're gearing up for Easter. We're getting ready to do a Good Friday service that we've never done before. And so even though church isn't the same, it still continues. And so your gifts to real life make a difference because they're helping us continue to minister even in this difficult time. And so um, if God is moving on your heart today to give, to support the ministry that continues, even though you can't be here with us in person, you can um, go to the website, reallifecc.us, on any page there in the bottom right-hand corner, either on your mobile device or on your computer, is an orange icon. Uh, it looks like a little person down there. If you click on that, it opens up our giving uh, app, and you can give securely from our site through that link. And uh, so I encourage you to do that. If you're one of those people who doesn't do online stuff and you want to um, send a, a check or cash, uh, you can message us, direct message us in, in Facebook or uh, post something in the chat and we can directly message you with an address that you can send um, send that in. So we appreciate those of you uh, who are able to give and we're praying for those of you who are going through difficult financial times. We're praying that God blesses you 
through this time and that he blesses all of us as we continue to worship and to serve and to minister in kind of a new normal. So I hope that God lays it on your heart to give and I know that he's gonna continue to bless this ministry as we follow him. So let me pray and and then uh, you can take a moment in the service to give. Father God, thank you for giving not just your son, everything that you have, but thank you for giving us um, everything that we have, including those um, intangible things. Thank you for family and, and friends. And even though we can't be present, maybe physically, that we're connected in other ways. And thank you for the ministry that you've given us as a church to reach out, to help, to share hope through the various means that we're doing that uh, online today and instead of so much in person. God, I know that you love your church, that you're providing and, and you're setting things in motion for not just this church, but for every church that professes your son, Jesus, as their king. And so we look to you and, uh, and we thank you for laying it on the hearts of those who might give uh, today uh, to bless us and help us continue to minister even in these difficult times. Thanks, God, for loving us and providing for us. We look to you and trust you for all good things. In Jesus' name, amen. Social media has done one thing really well. It has shown us that no two people agree completely, and when there is controversy, we tend to double down instead of give any ground. Now, I don't know if you've caught it over the last several weeks. I haven't been real obvious about it, but each week of this series, we've hit on a different part of the pledge of allegiance. And so um, in week one, we talked about how we're not just one nation under God, but we're one humanity under a big God. And that's going to pop up in just a second. Ta-da! No, you got to hit it several times. Boom! We're one humanity under a big God. In week two, we talked about how we're indivisible. We can't be divided. And, and we're created with purpose and for partnerships with God and with others. Today, we're going to take a look at the line in the pledge uh, with liberty and justice for all. We're going to see how we're one in the one who died for everyone. And then I want to make sure you're aware that this Friday, we're going to have our very first Good Friday service. And so I want to invite you to join me right here at live.reallifecc.us or live on Facebook for a message that we're going to call For Which It Stands. We're going to see on Friday night how Satan tried to use the cross to kill the king, but how God used it to crown him. 
And if you've missed any of our messages, any of the messages in this series, you can find them on our media page at reallifecc.us. And let's face it, what else have you got to do? Scroll social media, watch Tiger King, uh, argue with your family, get mad at people online. Um, So maybe we can take some time instead of doing those things and we can spend some time, as Trevor said, focusing on Jesus, maybe learning more about him and certainly learning to look a little more like him every day. Now, um, speaking of social media, sites like Facebook and and Twitter and and TikTok and Twitch and and all of those other ones, I don't even know what they are. I I, I remember some of the ones we had uh, back in the day. Maybe you had a MySpace account that really uh, dates you. But the the thing that they advertise all the time is the ability to connect people who are disconnected physically. And so all of those social media things give us the idea that they can connect us uh, even when we're distancing socially. But I think the evidence shows that social media has a much higher likelihood of dividing us instead of uniting us. We're divided socially right now. We're trying to help our friends and and neighbors and our our family members by keeping our distance from one another because of COVID-19. We're divided geographically, some of us have parents and family who are on other sides of the country. We're divided racially. We're separated socially, economically, politically, and even spiritually. And we really can't just agree with somebody without also pointing out the areas that we disagree. But when we look at the life of Jesus, he disagreed most with the people he was closest to, socially and spiritually. But it wasn't being right that Jesus was after. Jesus fought for unity. Not uniformity, but unity around a single purpose. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus today, you need to know that we don't all have to have the same point of view, but we need to share a common purpose. Here at Real Life, we say it like this, to help every person possible find real life in Jesus. And one of the most beautiful things about the church is that people from all walks of life, all different kinds of political points of view, background, races, rich or poor, vegan and carnivore, that we can all come together and unite around a savior instead of being divided by those things that we've applied specifically to our individual lives. It proves this truth, that our faith in Jesus is about unity, not uniformity. Jesus never said that we had to agree about anything except who he is as God's son. That was the sticking point for him. Believe in me. It's not our uniformity that inspires people. It's our individuality expressed through our unity in Jesus. Look, we don't have to look alike to look like Jesus. And actually, we look like Jesus most when we stand up for those who agree with us the least. We see this individuality, I think, best in larger cities. 
When my uh, son, oldest son, graduated from high school, the family took a trip to the greater Northwest. That's my hometown, Oregon, uh, Washington, that area. And we spent several days in Seattle. And one of those days, Trevor and, and Tristan and I had our uh, passport cards. And so we went up into Canada, or as um, Tristan said it, as we saw a sign as we were getting close, Canada. Um, but however you pronounce it, we went up into Canada and spent part of the day in British Columbia. One of the things we were uh, just really overwhelmed about was the diversity of people we saw in that city. It was a big city and kind of overwhelming, but there were so many people from different races and different parts of the, of the world, and, and they dressed differently, and they acted differently, talked differently. And, and it, was, it was crazy, the diversity that was present in the city. It's not something that we're used to in the middle of our country. By the way, if you happen to find yourself in British Columbia sometime, you might look up Bella Pizza. Now, I have no idea where it's located. We were just driving down the road one day. We saw the sign. We pulled into this uh, little corner strip mall kind of place. There was a little gas station next to it. We walk into this little hole in the wall. There was this Canadian dude or Canadian dude in there, and uh, he made the best pizza. It was, it was really um, great. So if you happen to be there, uh, go find Bella Pizza. Um, one of the things that's cool about bigger cities is that you can find cool pizza places. I don't know if the city of Ephesus in Jesus' day had a little pizza parlor like Bella Pizza, but I know that it did have a diverse population. As a central hub city for the Roman Empire, it connected Rome with the rest of the Eastern world for trade. Ephesus was also home to one of the seven ancient wonders of the world, an impressive temple dedicated to the Greek goddess Artemis. Now, the worship of many idols and um, trade going through Ephesus brought many people to the city. And where there are people, there is the probability for sin. For people of faith, this would have been a very, very difficult city to minister in. For the follower of Jesus, this was hostile territory. And you wouldn't have to look very far to find something that you might not agree with as a person of faith. But look at what Paul writes to the people of the church. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 3 and 6, that's what we're going to look at um, today. And, and look, if you're joining us at live.reallifecc.us, up at the top of the chat window, there is a, a, a Bible link. And you can click on that, and it'll open the Bible up in that, uh, in that side window there where your chat is. You can also click on the notes tab, and you can um, find the notes for the message there. If you happen to be joining us on Facebook, you can click over on your mobile device or your your computer, and you can go to reallifecc.us, click on my message notes, and you can find the notes for today's message there, along with this text in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 3 and 3 through 6, it says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all, and in all. With sin and immorality around every corner, city, a corner of the city in Ephesus, Paul encourages the people to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now that's a lot more difficult than it may seem when you're in hostile territory. 
And in just a minute, we're going to look at what Paul meant by unity of the Spirit. But for now, let's consider the bond of peace that he mentions. In verse 2, Paul talks about three qualities of the believer as they engage with the world around him. Now, we didn't read verse 2, but I'm going to give you the highlights. And I think if we adopted these three qualities in our lives, especially in our online and social media lives, things would probably be much more civil for us. So the first two um, qualities that Paul mentions of a person who's trying to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, they really go together, humility and gentleness. These first two have to do with how you view yourself. The proper attitude of a follower of Jesus recognizes that our own, uh, recognizes our own sin first. And recognizes that a balance has to be struck between what we profess as a believer and what we actually practice in our daily lives. Can we just be honest for a minute? If you're a believer, you know that sometimes there's a disconnect between what you profess and what you practice. It's true in my life. It's true in your life. It's true in the life of every believer. But through humility and gentleness, we can recognize the sin issues that exist in our lives, and then we can respond with humility and gentleness to those that we're dealing with. We don't have to respond to them in condemnation. They already know they've done something wrong. But we can be humble and gentle because of what we've done and then respond to them in that way. The third quality that Paul mentions is patient. And this last quality is a social virtue. It's the ability to be patient with people who may not believe like we do. Because let's be honest, there are people who are not believers who are constantly watching us, the way we live, the way we talk, the things we do. And one of the things that I think they do sometimes is that they purposefully, purposefully wait because they want to see if you and I will practice what we preach. They want to see if during times like this social distancing and the loss of jobs, if we'll display faith in the midst of our failures or trials or troubles. They want to know if we're going to be generous when even we're in need, if we're going to be kind in the midst of struggles, if God himself is patient with humanity, aren't we as his followers to be patient as well? In fact, the Bible says that God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so you and I as followers of God should adopt that same practice. We should be patient with non-believers because we don't want them to perish, but we want them to come to repentance and they're going to see that repentance through us. So the bond of peace is, is not something that happens. These three things don't just happen to us. God doesn't just dump this grace in our lives that automatically gives us humility and, and patience and gentleness. No, we have to be intentional about peace even when we disagree on particulars. We have to be intentional about keeping the peace even when we disagree about particulars. What do we often do? Oftentimes, we fight about the particulars and we give up on peace. Look, when you engage with, with others, you don't have to agree to be agreeable. Now, in the next two verses, 
Paul gives this interesting list. But there's more going on than than what we just see as we kind of read through it as we did just a moment ago. It seems like there's just some random statements that Paul's just throwing out these individual things. But really, they are completely connected. Or, Or maybe we could say they're unified when you look at them a little closer. So I'm just gonna run through them really quickly. They're gonna be up here on the screen. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace because there is one body and there's one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But none of these individual statements are independent of the others. While they all are mentioned as kind of individual entities, they're actually completely interconnected. So let's go through these one by one and look at how they are built uh, into and on each other. He starts out with, we're one body. And we understand that to be the church, the capital C church. Now, there are a lot of denominations of churches that you can choose from. Lots of places that you could watch online and see lots of different views of the scripture and understandings of the scripture. But if you are a part of a group of people who believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, then you are part of the capital C church, the one body. Secondly, he says there is one spirit. And we understand that that one spirit is what we refer to as Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit was given to individuals within the church, but the purpose of the spirit is to build us up, to connect us with one another. In fact, the scripture says that we're to be connected, we're to serve and work with one another until we reach the fullness of Christ Jesus himself. And we can only do that when we're together and the Holy Spirit builds us up together so that we work together and grow together to become more like Jesus. Third, Paul says that we're to be, um, that we're to have one hope and that one hope is our future hope in heaven. A future with God through Jesus in heaven. It's pretty simple. That's what we're looking forward to. Now, there's some people today who are going to say that that's really close, and they look at several different things going on in the world, including our quarantine and coronavirus, and they say, man, it's coming. And it may be. I don't know. I don't want to cause you any fear, but I want to say this. When it comes, we're all going to know, and we're all going to be happy. Because if you're a believer, you're going to get to experience the, the realest life that you possibly can through a, this relationship with Jesus as we're with him in person. So we have this one hope of heaven in the future. He then goes on to say that we have one Lord. We have one Lord, and we understand that to be Jesus. In fact, Acts 4.12 tells us plainly that there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Now, Ephesus was a city that worshiped a lot of different gods and goddesses, but there is only one God that saves, and and he saves us by our one faith, and that faith is in the Son of God, our Savior. It's, It's saving faith. And so look, if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, who died on the cross, 
who was raised to life three days later and now lives forever, you're missing this kind of faith. The faith that the Bible talks about that connects us with God through his son, Jesus. Paul then mentions one baptism. And that baptism is a baptism into new life. It represents the way in which we enter into the one church, the body, by being immersed into a new life through Jesus. You can read more about that in Romans chapter 6. Um, so look at this. We're going to leave this up here on the screen for just a second. And so I want you to listen to how all these are connected. We become a part of the one body when our one faith is expressed through one baptism in the name of our one Lord, Jesus, who died and rose again in order to give us his one spirit that binds us together in the one church through our one faith that leads to our one hope, a beautiful and complete eternity where God's heaven is united with his creation and the two become one. And, and in that new heaven and earth, in that new unified existence, he will be our one God in person instead of in us personally through the Holy Spirit. And so look at how Paul explains it in, in verse six. He says that there is one God and father of all, and he is over all and through all and in all. And here's how Paul explains God. He says that he is over all first, that he is sovereign above everything. That means that God does what he wants, when he wants, and for whatever reason he wants. And what God wants is for every person possible to come to one faith through our one Lord and be connected to him and one another in his one church. God wants to redeem and restore and reconcile every person possible so that we might be one with him just as he is one with the Father and the Father with the Son. God is also through all, the text says. He is our sustainer. Everything we have, everything we are able to do, everything we can conceive started with God. It comes from God and it continues in our lives through God. We cannot function apart from him. If we could somehow withdraw ourselves from God, we would cease to exist because he is our sustainer. He continues everything. Because he exists, everything else exists. It's because God is present in our lives that we live and move and have our being. He sustains us. And guess what? He sustains every other person, even those you disagree with and you hate, and even those who completely deny the existence of God, he is still sustainer. And the reason is that he wants to give every person possible, every chance possible to know his son through their connection with us, his followers. The last thing he says about God is that God is in all. And that means that he is our supplier. 
Every good thing comes from God. Every good thing we have in this life is from his hand. He supplies our needs. He saves our souls. He is constantly redirecting our lives back to himself. He keeps this world turning. He keeps the sun burning. He keeps the darkness at bay, and he holds back the waves. What we have comes from his hand. And he watches over those who are far from him, just like he watches over those who are close. Without God, we have nothing. Without him, we are nothing. This life, this world, this existence that we know, it's all for God, it's all from God, it's all about God. Through faith in Jesus, we don't have to vote the same. We don't have to dress the same. We don't have to think the same. We just have to be going the same direction toward Jesus. So how do we live out this unity in a world that is increasingly separated? Well, I think we need to be more concerned about connecting people to Jesus than about conforming them to our personal judgments. Let me say that again. We need to be more concerned about connecting people to Jesus than about conforming them to our personal judgments. What if you and I, as as believers or followers of Jesus, what if we went into every social media post, every comment, whether in person or online, every interaction we had with another human being, what if we went into every one of those interactions with the intent of connecting with others so that we might have the opportunity to connect them with Jesus. Wouldn't that change the way that we deal with people online, that we deal with people in line at the store, that we deal with people when we're waiting outside of the grocery store to be one of the few that gets let in during this time? What if their eternity, what if the eternity of those we come in contact with was more important to us than our argument? What if people were more important than our politics? What if it was more important that they see Jesus in us than that they come to our same conclusions? Look, Jesus died for everyone. How dare we pick and choose who deserves deliverance based on some external discrimination? Believers and non-believers can meet at the cross. But God's love compels us to be the first across the bridges that divide us, just like Jesus was. His cross was meant to unite us because we all come to him the exact same way, sinful, in need of a savior. We are all united by our sin. God calls us then to be united also in the savior because we're one in the one who died for everyone. Look, we won't find unity in a common point of view, but only in a common purpose, to help every person possible find real life in Jesus and look more like him every day. If if you need Jesus, we want to help you take your next steps toward him. If you're joining us at live.reallifecc.us, we'd love for you to respond to the salvation moment by clicking the little link that says raise hand. Or you can go above the chat bar there and you can click on the, the link that says 
next steps. You can fill out a short form there and we'll be in contact with you about helping you take those next steps. And if you're watching on Facebook, jump over to reallifecc.us, click on the next steps link in the top nav bar, and then click on I'm ready. We'd love to pray with you and to connect with you because we believe the cross of Jesus offers liberty and justice for all. So we wanna thank you for joining us today. And I wanna remind you, don't forget to be back with us this Friday at seven o'clock for our Good Friday service. You can join us live.reallifecc.us or live on Facebook. Let me pray and then we'll wrap up the service. God, I thank you for making us one. I thank you for, for giving us a, a, a place and a platform to be able to share your love and your grace and, your, and, the, and the hope that we have in you. Father God, I pray that we would be a people who would be more about other people than about just winning them to our side, that we would care about them, that we would love them deeply, and that we would see you move in us so that they would see you in us and that they would come to know you as their own personal Lord and Savior. God, I pray today that you would be with all of us because we're struggling. We're disconnected. We've lost jobs. We're, we're, we're dealing with having all our kids at home and, and we're not used to that and we're, we're having to homeschool and doing all these things that we never thought we'd ever have to do. God, would you not let us forget that even in these difficult times, our primary purpose is to help other people, every people, every person find real life in your son Jesus as we try to look more like him every day. Help us do that, God. Thank you. Love you. Love you. In Jesus' name. I can't go on if you're without you 
You turn my world upside down My life is spinning round you now All of me, all for you I'll let my light shine for you Nothing's gonna stop me now Living for you You turn my world upside down